Man, I never thought I'd say this, but I actually miss your messy, smart Alex smelly asses. Virtual gaming sucks. <sighs> but I guess it's better than not gaming at all. Now let's roll some frackin' dice! Hello, fellow grognards, and welcome to the pandemic edition of the grognards. I'm Dean Geiken. I'm Eric Hawley. And I'm Greg Ziegler. And today, each of us are coming from our socially distant residences, uh, many miles apart from each other. But yeah, we forget managed... six feet. We're staying miles away from each other. That's right. Yeah, not just six feet. We're staying 60 miles away from each other. Um, I'm in my office, Eric's in his office, and Greg's in his office, and we managed to put this together through Zoom. So welcome aboard to the pandemic uh, edition of the Grognards. So, gentlemen, how you been doing? You know, strangely enough, this pandemic hasn't changed my life a whole lot. That might be a sad statement on my <laughs> existence, but, uh, you know, I live by myself anyway, and yeah. like, except for work, which I don't have to drive 35 minutes each way anymore. Yes. Um, but primarily, the big change is what we're going to be talking about today, which is all my gaming has shifted to online. I've had a, a shift online more than I have in the past, but still a lot of my gaming is face-to-face, uh, -face, at least with my family. My family is doing more gaming with me than ever before. Yeah, I think I'm going to have that tonight. We're going to get together for dinner, and I'm going to bring uh, Dungeon Mayhem. Awesome. So, yeah. What about you, Greg? Um, yeah, that's about the size of it for me, working from home and uh, not really gaming. Uh, we're trying to get my Star Wars game uh, transferred online. Mm -hmm. which will be, and that that's almost a bonus because uh, we're losing one of our players because she's moving inconveniently far away. And if she can um, join us in remotely, then we can maybe finish out what we were going to do, right. which would be nice. Um, and uh, last, actually a week, uh, last weekend was my daughter's birthday and we did some family gaming um, with her uh, for Christmas. She'd got me something called an escape room in a box the werewolf I've experiment yeah i've done yeah. that before it's fun yeah yeah we had a good time with that we uh we we finished it in plenty of time um with the four of us and then i uh taught everybody well brinley had played before but we taught uh my wife and my son dungeon mayhem and played that for a while the, the, so, i got the expansion by the way so it's like up to 12 people now yeah i think it's yeah, 12 it's, yeah i want to get the uh i want to get both the expansions here and do that soon but now yes. they like it, so I have, they don't have an excuse not to play. So the other thing that's changed for me dramatically is I'm going to have a ton of vacation time because all my conventions got canceled. Mm -hmm. So I didn't use any of the vacation I was planning on using, and I'm saving money. Mm -hmm. And I, I got to think I'm not the only one. So when this thing finally ends... I think we should invest in like vacation properties or something because everyone's <laughs> going to be itching to go somewhere and do something fun because this does sort of suck, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, okay, Gary Khan got canceled on us. I think that was the one that we were really yeah. wanting to go to altogether. Um, what about the D8 convention? That got canceled. That got canceled? Yeah. Uh, uh, the only one I'm waiting uh, to hear on is the uh, one DICON down by St. Louis in June. Yeah. And a lot of people are thinking that Gen Con's going to get get yeah. axed. The so word how, isn't how, out on that. What's yeah. that, Greg? Uh, Eric, how many conventions had you actually registered for that got canceled? 
Well, April was the crazy month. April was the one where I said, I'm not going to go to Hoosier Con in mm-hmm. Indianapolis because that would make one every weekend from the last weekend in March until May. So I had five conventions lined up right? Uh, that after I canceled Hoosier Con. So now, all of them died. Some of the fallout, well, on a personal level, I, I'm very disappointed that I couldn't go to these conventions. But at the same time, a lot of these conventions were kind of conflicting with other things. And so when they all got canceled, I had no conflict whatsoever. So I had, you know, my problem was solved. But tabletop events kind of took a hit. Yeah, they did. So for those that don't know, tabletop events is the website that a lot of conventions use to uh, put their events on. And they handle the uh, payment for events, the scheduling. You know, there's a time where you jump on and you can put stuff in your cart and sign up for events. And they're pretty much the the big dog on the block when it comes to event scheduling. Mm-hmm. It was and, a really good system, too, and it worked really well. And then pretty quickly when this hit and conventions started canceling, they said, we're going belly up. We're closed, shutting the doors at the end of April. So get all your information off the site if you need to. Right. But apparently enough people are kind of... Uh, Got, got, they got their back, and they're going to try to have a convention of champions. Yep, I'm signed up for that. I bought my ticket. Mm-hmm. What level that, did you go with? Uh, I went. I think the twenty five dollar one, mm-hmm. uh, twenty or twenty five. I forget which one I, I put in, but I'm going to run events the whole, the whole time. So I figure I'll you know help out there too. Yeah, and you're doing primarily RPG events, right? Yeah. So. I'm doing D and D on Fantasy Grounds. Right. When Fantasy Grounds first came out in like 2015, I got an Ultimate membership and I jumped in and messed with it a little bit. Never used it, and then I was like, I'm not buying everything in hardcover and everything on D and D Beyond and everything in Fantasy Grounds to be able to use this. So I hadn't touched it again. Luckily, they have made considerable improvements in the system in the past four or five years. So when I jumped back into it and I had some local people who had used it uh, a lot that could help me out with whatever questions I did have. And it's really, if you're running fifth edition, it's sort of like the licensed fifth fifth edition online system. It is smooth as silk. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, once you learn the, couple of little intricacies of the interface it's a great place to run fifth edition and a lot of the systems uh, modules are already in fantasy ground so like right now i started a tuesday thursday curse of stride group and i don't need to do anything except familiarize myself with the adventure all the maps the creatures the treasure parcels are all in fantasy grounds it's just click and drop let, let me ask you a question because my uh, my gaming is related kind of to fantasy grounds um, is Fantasy Grounds only for RPGs? Because I've been hearing some word that some board games are being tested to be presented on Fantasy Grounds. I can't see where you would play a board game. It does support a bunch of different systems. So it supports D&D, you know, second edition through fifth edition, Cypher, Numera, Savage Worlds. So there's a bunch of systems they support, but they don't have a screen share, which I would think would be important for board games. Right. That's it's um, the reason I ask is because on the Conan Gaming Group, there is a number of developers who are doing a test run of the Conan board game for Fantasy Grounds, which surprised me because, like you said. It's not really set up for board games. It's more for RPG. You could do it because you have a battle mat with tokens 
and yeah. there's like an initiative tracker. So you could convert it. I don't think it's an ideal conversion. Mm -hmm. Now, I've played in Roll20, which I've done for a long time because that's where my second edition Spelljammer, where I'm a player with my friend Jeremy as a, as a game master. And Roll20 is okay. Uh, and then I've done Fantasy Grounds, but I know Greg actually participated in Virtual GaryCon when, when they canceled the original one. Uh, they offered a virtual one. I wasn't really too keen on doing everything virtual. I, I was still working. I didn't take the time off. So right. I didn't. Same here. But Greg, why don't you tell us about your experience with that? Because I know you played with a couple different systems. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I was super, super disappointed that Gary kind got canceled. Cause I was really, as, as we are, I'm well, down was... to six bottles of spotted cow. Now, <laughs> now we're in crisis mode. I was supposed to restock my supply. Uh oh, uh oh, you are in trouble. Um, I, I had enough to keep me through the weekend, um, but I, uh, I, yeah, I was all pissed off and wasn't going to participate in that. And then later in the week, I was like, you know, I'm not doing anything else. And I saw this as an opportunity to try some online gaming. I had never done any before. So um, I ended up signing up for three things, a Friday night thing, a Saturday and a Sunday. I figured one a day was enough. Um, turned out that they all were on different systems. Uh, Friday night, I played in a 5e thing on Fantasy Grounds. Uh, that's one thing you write about. There is a learning curve for that. Uh, the guy that ran up, Michael Potter, he was, uh, he was very understanding of the fact that everyone, I think only one, maybe one person that played had ever ran Fantasy Grounds before. So it was literally a room full of people participating in a learning curve at the same time. Kudos to him for being so understanding. Let yeah, me, he needed to. I, I kept on the, in the chat window, at least to every now and then I would thank him again for being that way. Cause I, I was kind of in the middle of the pack. Uh, took me a few minutes to get going, but once I got going, I was fine. But there was at least a couple of people who, who never totally got going with switching to the maps and, and selecting their target and all that kind of stuff. It takes probably about 30 minutes to learn the interface, honestly. And you can either do that at the beginning or stretched out <laughs> among the gameplay. But uh, one other thing about Fantasy Grounds I want to add, if you have a d character on D&D &D Beyond for 5th edition, yeah. you can. there's a website that converts that character into a Fantasy Grounds XML file. Nice. And it does a pretty decent job. Sometimes it messes up your damage for your weapons, but you can pull that in and it's the character is ready to go. You just have to, you know, double check some of the numbers, especially that, like I said, the damage that's, that's another great part of fantasy grounds, but go ahead, Greg. Yeah. Yeah. An upside of everything all weekend, all three of the games I played all had pre-gens, which is, you know, in a con setting, that's usually important and good to keep things moving along. But in a, in a situation where yeah. where everyone is learning not just the game system but you know the the online system yeah, the interface it, it totally totally uh, made everything run really smooth and uh, it was the game it was just a, it was called uh, rap and Athuk. uh it was a um it was a dungeon crawl and uh they uh, he it, it was it was like basically in my opinion really good to teach people how to run things on fantasy ground. I mean, yeah. you know, it, was, it was. So what were the other systems? Um, yeah. Saturday I played uh, uh, Degenesis, which is a post-apocalyptic post uh, game. Uh, is it really post anymore? Well, you know, <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> grim humor. 
give it six months. This is, this is a ways down the road. You know, uh, it's another one of those, um, uh, central Northern European games, you know, in the, in the vein of, um, tales from the loop, you know, it had that kind of vibe to it, except this, you know, was uh, definitely post-apocalyptic. Um, it's, it's a cool enough game that they have a trailer online for the game system. That's super cool where uh, they had people, you know, cosplaying the character types and I watched, there's two or three of them and I watched them and it was really helpful for getting me into the, uh, into the world because it's a, it's got a really complicated uh, world system. Uh, we just discorded that one. Okay. And, uh, Which works fine. I tell you what, a lot of games, I mean, that's how we used to play D and D. It was all theater of the mind. Like yes. a lot of times we didn't use any miniatures. So you do lose a little something and being able to see each other's expressions and, and have that interaction face to face. But honestly, from a gameplay perspective, that's how we played for years. We just talked, right? Rolled dice. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And he shared maps cause we definitely needed maps. Now, how did it, they, how did you do dice? Did you roll yourself or did he roll? Uh, no, we use the discord, the, the roller where you type, okay. you know, um, uh, exclamation oh, I didn't even know there was a roller in discord. Yeah, in Discord. So we did the exclamation oh. roll, uh, um, and then it yeah d twenty or something or yeah yeah we yeah. Uh, uh, that was a six. Most of the, a lot of the stuff I did were sixes. Um, okay, and what was the third system? Seventh Manatee Ground, and then on Sunday, um, I played something called Forsooth, which Ooh. was a play test Verily. of a game. Pardon? <laughs> Verily. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of fun. It was supposed to be a, um, well, not supposed to be. It was, it was basically silly D and D. It was running uh, a fantasy game through a Monty Python filter. And, um, just couldn't get <laughs> that, that sounds from... like my normal games. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, that was, that was the interesting thing is when we were when, towards the end of it, I just, I realized I said, I, I actually said to myself, this isn't really much sillier, yeah, than a normal game. Um, Who was the DM on that? Or but it was Tim Snyder. Oh, I was, when you said Tim, I was like, is it Tim Nepple, the guy who just loves No, I would, I would have known it was Tim. <laughs> um, now, we ran that one on Zoom, so that was my other Zoom experience. Uh, and I, and I, I don't know if you mentioned the beginning, but we're, we were doing this podcast on Zoom. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was the only – of the three that I played, that was the only one where I had – we had video of everybody and we rolled physical dice on that one. And, okay. and yeah. he trusted people. Though a couple of times I held my dice up just to prove a, I had rolled so well, or in one case that I had rolled so incredibly bad. <laughs> um, you know, my, my luck doesn't change no matter whether we're playing in person or at home. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I've managed to, since I've had to go online with my gaming, I've managed to find three online gaming systems Steam being the biggest one, which is really smooth. If you haven't done Steam, it's pretty nice. You can do just about any board game on there. Yeah, but that's what my son does. Huh? That's what Brandon, my son does. Brandon, right. he, he, he spends about 20 hours a day playing board games in, in uh, Steam. And so. boy, is it seamless. It is amazing. And there was something, I think when we logged on on a Thursday night, there was 1,600,000 some odd people on Steam. Wow. 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 Now, do you Man. have to pay for that or is that, well, how does it work? It is kind of a pay to play. Um, you usually have to have the game that everybody wants to play. It's pretty minimal, like five, six bucks a game. Does everybody have to have it or just one person? Well, it depends on the game. It okay. does depend on the game. Um, but uh, we were playing Ticket to Ride and then we were going to be getting into Sagrada. So everybody had to buy that, that game of Ticket to Ride. But it was really 
Uh, but what's nice is if you have a higher level of a buy-in for a particular game, you can, much like D&D Beyond, you can share all of your maps with the people who have the base yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. And okay. the same for Fantasy Grounds. If you have the ultimate membership, other people with just demo versions can, can right. access all your content. Yes. And then there's another two that I found out, Tabletop, or Tabletopia, Tabletoptopia or something like that. And they've got 500 different games. Probably about 450 of them I've never heard of. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll never see Dean again. Yeah. And then the other one is board game arena, which is very similar to steam. Um, hmm. Kind of a pay to play, but again, where you can share maps that you own. And that was kind of cool too. Huh. Yeah. yeah. But Actually, Brandon, Brandon plays a lot of what I would call classic video games on steam more so than board games, but a couple, right. at least one or two of the games he plays come across as board games. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, the, um, so our uh, the, the forsooth, by the way, uh, that was actually a play test of something that's going to be printed up later. Nice. So, uh, so all of our group gonna we're gonna end up in the play test uh, credits for that game, and it was it was a lot of fun, and it was a uh, it was a D six system with a wild die, very similar to Star Wars. So it was uh, pretty much a zero learning curve for me on that one. Yeah. And, now uh, you know this pandemic is kind of creating the uh, you know this. I don't know how to explain it, but you know, uh, you got to make the best of what you got. Well, Jimmy McGuire and I were playing the Conan game and it is not online, as I said before. And so what we did is he's got a copy of the base game. I have and a so copy. As you set up similar boards. We set up these That's same That's how people used to play chess board. through the mail, right? Right. But Back then the I put days. my iPad over the top of the board and that way he could he couldn't see or he didn't have the exact same board that I had, but we could play the same game. So I put my iPad up there and we FaceTimed. And as a matter of fact, we've already played three games of it. I just finished up a game with him this morning at nine o'clock and it worked out very quickly once or very well, once we figured out all the kind of the, the obstacles to get around, but it's, you know, yeah. it seems uh, like you're almost gaming more in the apocalypse than everybody else than you were I when am. you were not. I probably play a game at least once. Matter of fact, playing Memoir 44 and Ticket to Ride and all the other ones, I've probably played at least two games a night since we've been in isolation. Jesus. Okay, <laughs> speaking of games, I have a fun game for you two right now. You know, okay. We normally include a bit, but we don't have any voice actors, so we're going to have to do this. And, of course, with my sense of humor, for years now, I have compiled a list of events that could wipe out humanity. Okay, so I want to see how many of those you guys can come up with now. Just some, some rules for the game. By wiping out, humanity is like ticks, okay? They're very difficult to get rid of every last one of them. But I, I'm putting a bar at like 99%, okay? And just for the record, this little thing we're going through now, not even close. Doesn't even make the list, okay? But I, I will give you the free, free one. Pandemic is on the list. This just isn't a pandemic that could, that could wipe us all out. Okay. So, so I'll give you credit for pandemic. I got about a... Uh, I don't know, about eight or nine more on there. So uh, why don't you guys start throwing some stuff out? We'll see how many of these you can get. Okay. Obvious one's nuclear holocaust. Nuclear war, yes. Nuclear Armageddon. Ding, ding. Number two. Okay, so you um, Hmm. Famine. Well, famine is associated with other events, right? Okay. By itself, it wouldn't just, there wouldn't just be a famine, and it wouldn't kill everybody because there's always going to be food. Yeah. So there's... Um, all right, meteorite, meteor, yeah. asteroid impact. He took my answer. Yes. Sorry, okay. damn it. Sorry, Dean. <laughs> okay, you get, you're getting. A, there's a couple other easy ones. Okay, let's see here. Um, would the extinction of the hum, uh, bumblebee? 
No, that that will put a hurting on us, but that won't wipe us out. Okay. That's on the list. And that's that could be near future. Um, so there's a couple other, uh, there's uh, at least three other like uh, ones that involve space. Oh, I, go ahead, um, Dean. There's actually five other ones that involve space. That's um, where all the big stuff happens. The, the, the sun going supernova. Yeah, so the death of our sun. We don't have to worry about that for a real long time, but <laughs> but it would wipe us out if we were still around. Okay, right. uh, alien invasion. Alien invasion. Yep, mm-hmm. that's another one. We we got that one, and you know we have a lot of movies, so we should be ready for that one. Uh, yes, we're we're prepared. Robot annihilation. Uh, super AI. So yeah, okay. I'll give you credit for that one. Yeah, if we design an AI that really looks at us and says, "No, you know what? Place is better off without them," we'd be in trouble. Okay, mm. you guys are doing good. Mm. Mm. Uh, let's see. The, the, I kind of want to go old Planet of the Apes theme, but that's not going to happen. I actually, uh, yeah, I was thinking about, uh, yeah, uh, 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 ape evolution. <laughs> yeah, that again, not 99%. It could hurt us. So, that's so true. Give, we'll, we'll all end up serving hors d'oeuvres instead. Uh, so. I'll give you uh, another one for free because you got Death of the Sun. There's something that happens way after that as well that would be would be really bad even if we made it through the sun a black hole oh well that's a different one so um, <laughs> so th- more specifically there's this concept called a rogue star or a rogue black hole or an intergalactic star the and one that kind of travels it travels and if that yeah. came in through our solar system it would just rip us to shreds oh, so we yeah. were never getting that one that one's that one's that so one. probable well but i have this is a comprehensive list guys i mean <laughs> i have everything on here okay the one i was alluding to was the death of the universe at some point the universe oh. will just cool and even atoms will break down we ain't we ain't making it through that but yeah we ain't gonna be around for that um there's one more celestial or a terrestrial one there's one more on earth that would that would do us hmm. um so we've, we've tackled actually this. there's two more is it climate related one of them is yes so well they both sort of are so i'll, I'll give you the one global warming we could yeah. get into a venus like greenhouse gas cycle that's where, where i'm gonna go where yeah. the earth just ends up 200 degrees you know celsius and and we're all dead the other elon's one's gonna elon's gonna get us all to mars before that happens he though. might he's still working to, through this okay so i'll give you the other one the super volcanoes right now oh yeah they might not wipe us out the 99 percent might not because because like i said humanity is like ticks they're they're around so you got the super volcanoes um and the last two i'll just tell you because we don't want to go on forever um so there could be a solar flare a massive solar flare that could could do really bad things to us again not necessarily 99 percent. it really depends well, you know, if a big solar flare did happen and it was kind of like an EMF of sorts that wiped out a lot of technology, there's probably a lot of people younger than you and I and Greg who would think it was the end of the world. Well, but also there's like a chain effect for that because your nuclear reactors explode yes. and, and your hydroelectrics burst and all that stuff. Um, the last one is the gamma ray burst. So when a star goes supernova at the north and south poles of the star, it emits a huge surge of gamma rays. Um, now, the odds of one of them being perfectly lined up with Earth are pretty rare, but if it did, what it would do is uh, vaporize everything on the side of the planet facing the gamma ray burst, and the other side would just have the atmosphere ripped off um, and just die a slow, suffocating Wait, We wouldn't all turn into the Hulk? No, unfortunately not. Yeah. Maybe one person would. 
So there's there's our fun game. Ways humanity can be doomed. I feel so much better now. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, uh, so has anybody played the game Pandemic yet? Not during this I during have. this pandemic. No. Yeah. No, not not during this. Uh, I have. We, we played last year, and it did not. Uh, my my family did not love it. So um, why uh, didn't they love it? Um, a part of it's the learning curve. I mean, you know, we lost twice, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, not, not everybody enjoyed the game when, well, well, we could be playing this, which is a lot more fun. So, uh, we tried it a couple of times and then went back to playing, uh, card games. Yeah. My family really enjoys cooperative type games. So it, it goes over pretty well for us. Yeah, and this is sort of like a throwback to the old days, isn't it? We're like, well, Dean, you always used to, you game with your family anyway, mm-hmm. a lot. But I know, Greg, like, have you gamed with your family more now than you have prior to this? Greg hasn't talked this much to his family in years. <laughs> well, you know what? I actually almost see my son less because he gets up at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, comes out, pees, gets a drink, and goes back into his room and plays on his computer until 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning. And then the cycle starts all over again. I assume he's getting his classwork done because his, <laughs> his classes started back online this last week, but I, I almost never see him. And, um, you know, my wife's hilarious schedule. So yeah, honestly, it, uh, it hasn't really, uh, affected our interpersonal interactions all Uh, that much. Greg's son is a cave troll. He really, he always has been sort of right. Yeah. 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 It was Minecraft before, and then it's just turned into half a dozen other things now. Now, Eric, we have to, you and I can, maybe commiserate or maybe rejoice at this. Greg cannot because he doesn't have pets, but our pets are like completely beside themselves with joy because we're here all the time. Yeah. And I, that little dog that I just got recently, uh, she has figured out the the tug game, you know, the pull where I, she holds a stuffed animal and then Mm -hmm. I have to pull on it. And she, and what I'm trying to work She'll stand behind me and do the (laughs) So our being at home is a big game for them too. Yeah. Yeah. They love that. I'm surprised they haven't barked yet. Uh, (laughs) Mine are asleep. I put mine, I took mine on a good long run before we did this so that they would be asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oddly, uh, during this whole thing, we have a temporary pet. You do. We do. And, and I, you would throw up air quotes around the pet. Um, in my wife's office, they have an office fish. <laughs> and we were the only people in her office who did not have a cat. Oh, really? Okay. So, they, so we were the only ones who could take the fish home, which it, originally we assumed would be for a couple of weeks, and now it's going to be a couple of months. Yeah. So, um, so Bob the fish has taken over a space uh, in our dining room. That's a big step for you, Greg. I know. Well, we're <laughs> notoriously bad about killing fish. We've had, fi- we've had a lot of, we've had pets before, uh, not very successfully. Uh, so, um, Can I ask about a different topic that we've not yet touched on? And I've actually haven't heard anybody talk much about this is the brick and mortar game stores. Obviously I don't think they're essential personnel. No. And, and the one here in town has closed, uh, go for mafia. They tried, I mean, it was a pretty quick, they were like, okay, we're going to limit our hours. Okay. We're going to limit, you know, we're not going to have in-store gaming. Okay. We're closed. What happened to Titan games in our little area? I'm not sure. Yeah. But do you think that these game stores are going to be able to recover 
after being down for probably what's going to be two months. There's a lot of stores that have that same problem. The comic yeah. shops are like that too. Yeah. And honestly, you know, that's the thing. I mean, a lot of people are going to get sick and a lot of people are going to die from this. And, and that's awful. Uh, and I don't think there's a way around it at this point, but the economy, not that that's more important than people, but it's going to take years to recover from this because, you know, the, the Washington saying, well, we're going to open up loans from the small business, low interest loans from small business association. Well, guess what? That's still a loan. You still need to pay that money back. So, so granted it might keep, keep the lights on, but you're digging yourself a hole that you'd rather not be in. And I can't help but think some businesses are going to say, you know what, just, just shut it down. We'll, we'll start it over and start from scratch rather than starting a hole when, when things start back up. Yeah. So if you've got a local game store that is in some way, shape or form, still be able to make any type of money through online ordering and mail delivery, Boy, oh boy, you guys better, and I'm not talking to you two, you know that, yeah. but I'm talking to any of our listeners. They, You better be taking advantage of that to keep your local. And most of them are offering some sort of online. One thing that Gopher Mafia is doing is they have a Discord server, so they've opened up their server to all the people who would normally come into their game store. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we could find another Discord server without a problem. I know people, have, you know, a ton of people have a Discord that we could use, but more importantly, it keeps that connection. You know, you don't want to lose that connection to your gaming community. We also have a chat, a group chat going for uh, the Wednesday night group that gets together, and that chat is active throughout the day. I mean, we're talking back and forth about different gaming things. Uh, on, we just had a uh, online convention we called LanceCon yesterday after one of the GMs at the, at the game store, uh, Lance Campbell, who had organized it. And we basically just did Adventures League all day. It was originally planned to be in the store, but we just moved it online and, you know, got to talk to people, see people you haven't necessarily seen or talked to in a while. So that's the important thing to keep those connections going, I think. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, if you, if you need gaming stuff, you know, nothing against Amazon. I order from Amazon too, but uh, this time more than any, you know, pay the extra five bucks and get it from your, your game store. You know, right. I think Gopher is actually offering delivery in town. They'll leave it on your steps if you order it online. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything else that we want to uh, cover in this somewhat abbreviated pandemic edition no. of the Grognards? I think just to let people know, like gaming's still possible. There's a ton of platforms out there. Even if you're just doing voice over Discord or Zoom, uh, you're still gaming. Mm -hmm. Roll20, Fantasy Grounds, the Steam, the sites that you mentioned, Dean. You're, you're still interacting with your friends, which is also very important. Yeah, to keep your mental health. And you know, there's never been a better opportunity for you to try to convince that reluctant family member to try a game that you've been wanting them to try because what else are they going to do, right? Yeah. You know what annoys me now is when I call people and they don't pick up because I'm like, <laughs> I know you're home, okay? <laughs> like, don't even pretend. I know you're home. Well, that's what Greg and I do when you call. We know you're calling, so we scream. Yeah, you just you don't pick up. Yeah, that's not just you, everybody. Uh, another interesting thing too, actually, that's maybe been going on, and I know uh, it's probably happened to Eric too, is you have extra time, so you're cleaning up around your house, and you're finding things you didn't know you had. I found another box of unpainted minis. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, about a hundred more. I do have to ask you, Eric. Now that you have a maybe 
And it's not that we have more time because we're all yeah, up. Of, you know what? It looks like we're running out of time for this podcast. I don't uh, think Dean's going to have a chance to ask me if I've painted any minis or not. Yes, I'm still up to date on mine. I think you're a few weeks behind. Yeah, I'm a few weeks. I haven't touched the minis during this. I, I should, but I've been doing other stuff. So, yeah. And you know what? That's okay. Um, yeah, I was, uh, I was rooting around in my room looking for something. And uh, uh, I found an old game. Uh, the box had been squished. But um, do you remember? It's a, a tasteless game, which is why I bought it. Uh, I found my collection of Macho Women with Guns books. Never heard of that game. Oh my God. Well, do you remember that one, Eric? Was that one of the little box of paper bag games or the plastic bag games? It came, it was, was, it's an eight and a half by 11. Um, Okay. No, it's bigger. Super low rent, black and white thing. But yeah, it's, um, uh, yeah. Macho women with guns and the sequels, um, uh, bat winged bimbos from hell. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) God bless the eighties. Yeah, it was good, uh, along with my uh, FemForce Super Babes role-playing game, because anything that involved cheesecake, I enjoyed. But the fun thing I found in that box as well is I found the um, the schedule and everything for Winter War 23. Holy smokes. Wow. Uh, yeah, I've got, I found the, uh, found the book for it. Uh, that was in 1996. Uh, I, was, I thought I had gone to Winter War sometime in the 90s. I couldn't remember. Apparently, I did go to this one. And come to find out, I, I guess I have played Traveler before <laughs> because I highlighted the games apparently I played. And I that, played, I was, uh, you know, that doesn't surprise me. You'll yeah, have I to played uh, one, one run of Traveler New Era. I played Chill. Uh, of course, I played some Star Wars. And what else would I play if it was the 90s? I played Champions yeah. more than once. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that was kind of a fun thing. And I, I plan on. Uh, uh, showing that to my buddy Tom because he's he's all over it uh, with games he's running. Some of them he's still running. <laughs> nice. I'd like to see that. Um, does that mention in there the display of the big uh, German uh, motorized the division? infantry? Uh, oh, I'm I'm sure it's in here somewhere. Yeah, this is back when it was um, uh, at the hotel there, you know, yeah. in the corner. That's the uh, right. The other hotel now, but yeah, no, I know it's in here. Um, yeah. I didn't bother to look for it. Oh gosh, they were playing Star. Oh man, they were playing Starfleet Battles too. I've played uh, that. Yeah, yeah that, that yeah. came up too. I um, uh, was having a Facebook discussion about that too, um, about the miniatures because a guy uh, found my box of miniatures when I was rooting around uh, earlier this year when we were talking about painting minis. I found my box of vintage '80s minis, and one of them is a box full of. Uh, Starfleet battles uh, nice. ships. So m- many of which were actually finished and painted much to my surprise. Um, but yeah, no, I remember that. Uh, that was always one of the highlights of winter war uh, in the eighties and nineties was uh, a gentleman. He had an HO scale Panzer division, not just the tanks, but all of the support equipment. I don't know if you, you I don't know. You probably never went, you never went to winter war before no, last no. time. Yeah. That was a staple of the thing. I was the guy, he was from Wisconsin or Michigan or something, wasn't he Dean? Uh, yeah. I just know that it took him even on Saturday. He was still setting up after being there all day on Friday. Yeah. He would show up Friday morning and he would start said they would give him a room all to himself and he would start setting it up and he would spend all day Friday setting it up. And then sometime around Saturday afternoon, he would finish and he would leave it alone for an hour and then he would start putting it away and it would take him the rest of the con to put it away. So that's, that's all he did for when he went to a con is he would set the thing up, 
and then take the thing down. Hey, everybody's got their thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, it was horses. It was horse carts and the water trucks and the troops. It was everything. It was, yeah, you know, if he would have done late war, he could have done like six tanks and <laughs> – yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot less. Yeah, yeah. I know. It was I know? I remember it was. Uh, it was time specific, wasn't it? I think it was invasion yeah. of France, probably. Yeah, if they had horses still. Yeah. Hey guys, we're bumping up on time here, but yep. let's put it out there into the wild to our listeners as a promise that we're going to come back and do something. So, what will our next topic be? Well, we have our uh, monsters segment. So, what's next? Should, uh, what? Good we question. did constructs last. Yeah, let me. So are, uh, are we on to demons or dragons? Uh, I'll tell you in one second. You guys uh, fill space while I. I, just... w- I want to say it was dragons because that was we made a point of pointing out that it was uh, the one everybody had been looking forward to. Yes. <laughs> now you know there's other one thing is because we're doing it this way. It is dragons. Um, we all have access to a computer, which is sort of nice because when we record in a studio, it's only Dean. Yeah. And also, I can actually see your faces where I'm normally looking at the sides of your heads in the studio. I can see your expressions when you talk, which is a little different. You can see us roll our eyes a little more often. Yes, yes. (laughs) Constantly. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, we'll do dragons next. All right, that prepped. We will have to get our outline put together and then uh, put our heads together and then go for broke on our remote broadcasting option. Sounds like a plan. Yep, good deal. Well, Greg, can you take us out? Are you able to do that? Oh, I forgot my thing. Um, <laughs> all right. I can do it from memory. I can do it from memory. I can. Uh, didn't say I was totally prepared for this. Um, if you want to uh, get back to us about your stay-at-home gaming, we are on Facebook, where we are the Grognards. On Instagram, we are at tgrognards. And on Twitter, we are... The underscore. underscore grognards. I got those switched, didn't I? Well, just try each one. No one looks work. there anyway, for the love of God. I know. Um, we use and, Facebook uh, We are gamers at the grognards.com if you want to send us an email or uh, pictures of your gaming setup or spammy letters. We'll take anything. Right. Yes. So that's Facebook's the place for us old people. That's right. That's right. Well, until the next time, which we cannot say when that will be, but until next time, for the Grognards, I'm Dean Geiken. I'm Eric Hawley. And I'm Greg Ziegler. Game on! <laughs>